Thank you for listening to In Tech Today. If you haven't already, please subscribe and rate the show on your favorite podcast app, but only after you've listened to this week's episode. Tech news and views. Recorded live in London. In Tech Today. In this episode, we can't avoid him any longer. We're going to talk about the big orange man in Washington. We also look at whether wearable tech is really worth it. And we get this week's question from our technology dinosaur. And with Valentine's Day just around the corner, we may have some bad news for Android users. Damn it. As always, we're recording live on Facebook. Join us at facebook.com forward slash Podcast, Or we're all on Twitter at InTechTodayPod, at J-W-O-O-O-T, and at SwiftyNZ. I'm Josh Weiss. And I'm Ed Swift. And this is InTech Today for the 9th of February 2017. But first, we're going to go through this week's technology headlines for the first time. It's taken us four episodes to do this, but we've got them. Hmm. Uh, Now, five people were arrested in early morning raids in the UK this week. They were accused of selling TV boxes and sticks modified to stream football matches, uh, TV channels, and films for free. Now, the sale of these fully loaded Cody boxes, as they're called, uh, has allegedly netted the traders something close to a quarter of a million pounds selling the devices online. So quite lucrative. Hmm. Um, now, Kodi is a free software. It's built by volunteers. It's designed to let you bring media files from your computing devices to your TV. It is a legal piece of software. You're totally allowed to have it. Um, but what these traders are doing, or have allegedly done, is adding links to pirated streams and film libraries to the boxes uh, and made a profit from, from them, which is naturally quite illegal. Two men have been fined after pleading guilty to offences under the UK's Gambling Act for running a betting website connected to the FIFA football video game. A guy called Craig Douglas, a popular gamer and YouTube personality, also known as Nepenthes. I think that's how you say it. Yeah. I don't know. It's always, it's always with these YouTube names you have yeah. to think, oh, is it said like that? Or it could be got... accented. Yeah. Neponthos. Neponthos. And Dylan Rigby, uh, they both ran a website that let gamers gamble their FIFA virtual currency. The website, called FUT Galaxy, let players transfer virtual currency out of the FIFA 17 game and use it to bet on real-life football games. Douglas has uh, been sentenced to pay £91,000 and Rigby £164,000 in fines and costs. That's a lot of fine. Um, speaking of money, there's concern on Wall Street and in the city here in London over the future prospects of robots picking investments instead of traders and investment managers. Now, nearly one in three investors have said automated investment robots are better at picking stocks than humans, and they lessen their risk. And that's according to a new study of U.S. investors by market research and consulting firm Spectrum Group. Luckily, luckily robots can't do this podcast. Not yet. Not yet. Oh. oh. It's not, it's not like we make a lot of money from it anyway. Enjoy it while it lasts, guys. <laughs> uh, Wikipedia editors have voted to ban the Daily Mail as a source for the crowdsourced website in all but exceptional circumstances after they called the newspaper and news website publisher, quote, generally unreliable. They said the ban was, quote, centred on the Daily Mail's reputation for poor fact-checking, sensationalism, and flat-out fabrication. That won't be controversial at all. Not at all. (laughs) And finally, Facebook is being pressured by a group of shareholders looking to oust Mark Zuckerberg from the board of directors. A proposal has been put forward by shareholder members of the consumer group Some of Us, saying an independent chairperson would be better able to oversee the executives of the company, improve corporate governance, and set a more accountable pro-shareholder agenda. Welcome to episode four. Yeah, now that we've got the headlines out of the way. We you're finally, all up to date. You're all up to date. You've got the latest tech news. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. How, how's your week been, Josh? Been... Um. Yeah, I've been I've been unwell. Oh. Um, that, that, that's what winter generally does, yeah. doesn't it? Well, it, it wasn't very clever. I finished last week with a bit of a. With you know, a bit of a winter stomach flu, as you can yeah. from time to time, which wasn't pleasant. Uh, and then went to Budapest at the weekend, which was lovely nice. uh, for a bit of a trip. But in a bit to save money on flights, uh, flew back first thing Monday morning. Had to get up at one thirty London oh. time in Budapest to get to the airport. Uh, got into London about half nine and went to work. Oh, you must have been dead by the end of that day. I think that's why I'm sick. I know that feeling. Remember last year when we went to Nice? Yes. I had to fly back on the Tuesday because I worked that night. So that's we got right. up at, I think, 5 a.m. Oh. France time, so 4 a.m. UK time. Uh, caught that really early morning EasyJet yeah. flight back. Yeah. Had most of the day to, you know, get back to central London. So I think we got back at about 1pm and I had to be work, at work by about 3.30 in the afternoon working till 1am. So it was not... I mean, I know that's the lifestyle over here, but it's not fun Sundays. Was that the uh, very caffeinated shift? I think it was very... Ca- there was yeah. a lot of coffee. <laughs> there was a lot of coffee being made for me. How about your weekend? Uh, it's been not too bad. Uh, you know, just the standard work. I've... Um, I don't know if you can see this on the live stream. I've made the... Cardinal sort of actually losing the cover to my headphones, and now I've got a very naked headphones. I, I'm I'm gonna say this is the new style: having the cover off your headphones to expose the battery and make it. You know, that's gonna be the new trend for 2017. Oh, natural. Yeah, exactly. Showing off the inside of your electronics. Free the battery. <laughs> Hashtag free the battery. It's it's another official Intech Today campaign. Yeah. Um, well, this is episode four. Should we Let's get into the on. meat? I'm whacking the desk if you can't see or hear that. I'm Why did you have to do We're only four episodes in. Because we can't, we can't avoid this any longer. President not, Trump is in the White House. Not even one more week. No, nope, nope, we have to talk about it. Okay. Trump's in the White House. He's shoved through a raft of very controversial executive orders. And he's made enemies of everyone from the leaders of multiple states in the US to the press to the Speaker of the House of Commons here in the UK very wide range of enemies Mm. Uh, but one thing he was always and I mean always talking about in his campaign other than the wall and bad hombres and Muslims and that nasty woman quote unquote Mm. uh, was what he called cyber which I find a, a, a ridiculous way to describe technology but anyway Trump talked a lot about cyber so he was big on technology and specifically security in technology even though he doesn't really seem to understand how any of it works um to expand on that here's his take on what needs to be done with the internet we're losing a lot of people because of the internet and we have to do something we have to go see bill gates and a lot of different people that really understand what's happening We have to talk to them, maybe in certain areas, closing that Internet up in some way. Somebody will say, oh, freedom of speech, freedom of speech. These are foolish people. We have a lot of foolish people. He's like Jen from the IT crowd that thinks the Internet's in a little box in in an office somewhere in central London, isn't he? I mean, a a few problems there. Bill Gates hasn't been in control of Microsoft for years now, um, and he never did control the Internet. Uh, closing the internet up in some way. Hmm. Um, I mean, some countries <laughs> do it, but it's it would be horrifically unconstitutional in the US and Plus, very difficult to actually stop people from doing what they want to there do. There are always ways around it. I mean, look, oh, yeah. at, look at the Great for- Firewall of China. You can yeah. get around that if you know how yeah. to. Or the Great British Porn Ban. We won't expand on that today. No. I don't um, know anything about that. No, 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 no. Um, but then with Trump, of course, there's Twitter. 
Uh, now, Trump has been a big Twitter user for years now, and he's still, despite official advice tweeting from both his personal account and the official POTUS account vacated by President Obama. But people have noticed there are two very specific types of tweets coming from Trump. Uh, the first are what I'm going to call his mediated tweets. Using a very careful mm. word here, uh, they're spelt perfectly and they seem very moderate compared to his usual in-person rhetoric. Here's an example uh, from the last few days. Our thoughts and prayers are with everyone in southeastern Louisiana affected by today's severe tornadoes. It's very proper. It's very presidential. It's very not Trump, though, it's, isn't it? It's not Trump. Uh, now, the others are what I'd call his stream of consciousness tweets. Uh, these are the misspelt <laughs> ramblings and attacks that he's famous for. They most often come from his personal account, though he's not averse uh, to using the POTUS account to send these either. Uh, another recent example. Chris Cuomo, in his interview with Senator Blumenthal, never asked him about his long-term lie about his brave service in Vietnam. All caps, fake news. It, it's almost like there's no filter. No him. filter and no substance no. to those tweets either. And there's a few things that we can look into with these tweets. The first is that his mediated tweets appear to be mostly sent during DC business hours, hmm. i.e. the hours he has his publicity aides on hand to filter what he says, check the spelling, and send them for him. Hmm. But those stream-of-consciousness ramblings are mainly appearing after office hours and often at times like 3 in the morning when... The president should be sleeping because he's got to get up quite early and make important decisions. It's almost like, uh, you know, someone that, you know, tweets general stuff throughout the day, then they go out for a night on yeah. the town and then start, uh, you know, tweeting yeah. uh, nonsense. Yeah. There have been claims. I haven't looked deep into them, so I can't really verify whether this is true. But there have been claims that if you look at his tweets in the morning, uh, you can follow the topics he's tweeting about and they almost precisely match what's on uh, the Today Show or Fox and Friends or any of the other mm. morning magazine shows in the US. So, you know, he's the president, for God's sake. Yep. Um, the other thing to notice is what, uh, which device his tweets are coming from. Uh, now, if you look at his tweets through the social media tool TweetDeck, which is part of Twitter, it's used by brands to uh, basically maintain their, their Twitter presence, mm. um, you can see that his mediated tweets are being sent from Twitter for iPhone. Uh, now, an iPhone is a good choice for a presidential smartphone. Uh, they're relatively relatively secure. They can be encrypted and locked down very easily. And if it's a recent iPhone, it will be up to date when it comes to security patches. It's got to mm. be a good phone uh, for someone so important. Mm. But as rambling nonsense tweets are coming from Twitter for Android, uh, and it's been widely reported that they're actually coming from his very old Samsung Galaxy S3. That is a very old phone. That must yep. not be secure. No, 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 no. That phone is now five years out of date. It hasn't been updated uh, in terms of security for a very long time now. And it's one of the few phones left that's still vulnerable to a bug called stage fright. <gasps> now, this bug will it'll lock down your phone. It'll take all, your, all of your data. Um, and it's very easy to put on your phone. All you have to do is receive a multimedia message. How have they not taken this phone off him already? Apparently, they did. How did he get it back? He's the president. This is oh, the yeah, problem with true. his position. They take it off him, say, this is very insecure, unsecure, non-secure. Um, and then he says, give it back. And they kind of have to go, look, we'd really advise against it, but we can't say no. That's a problem. That is a massive problem. Yeah. Um, now, there are some other concerns facing the cyber space, thanks to Trump as well. Um, his appointments to the various executive bodies. Uh, for example, he's said that he wants uh, internet uh, 
control of the internet space to be taken away from the Federal Communications Commission uh, and given to the Federal Trade Commission. It sounds very complex and very boring, but it is quite important because the Federal Communications Commission has the power to dictate uh, how the internet is set up in terms of competition and net neutrality. One thing which uh, us outside of the U.S. don't quite realize is when you are living in the U.S., you have one choice of internet provider if you want high-speed internet mm. because one company lays the cables and provides the internet. And once they're in an area, another company is not going to spend the money coming in again. Unlike most other Western countries where one company lays and owns the cables and leases those cables to multiple providers to compete. Mm. Um, the FCC was in the process of looking at how to fix that under Obama. Not going to happen now. Um, other problems, the, his uh, appointment to uh, the post of the head of um, cybersecurity in the U.S., former New York mayor, <laughs> Rudy Giuliani. Oh, dear. Who, who's a very old man. He knows nothing about the internet. I think he's no. proved this with the sta- various statements he's made. Yep. In fact, I think his, his consultancy website, which talked about uh, what he was doing on the internet, doesn't even work anymore. Nope. and It hasn't been working for weeks. No. Nope. Um, and the the website for... I, th- I think it was the website, either the website for Giuliani's um, department or the actual White House website itself was shown to be built on a terribly um, uh, weak platform. You know, very easy to um, break into. Mm. Uh, 95 technology firms, including the big ones, Apple, Google, Microsoft, have reacted to his travel ban um, very angrily, some of them. Some Mm. of them more um, diplomatic in their response. But because all of these firms hire uh, a lot of very, very talented and capable people from countries that just happen to be on this list, that just happen to be all majority Muslim countries, Mm. um, have said that this would be terrible for the technology industry, which is making a lot of money for the U.S. right now. Mm. You know, tech is big. The U.S. is the tech leader. And a lot of them, a lot of those companies do actually employ immigrants and have actually said, well, look, we're, yeah. we're 100% behind you. We don't like what's happening and we're going to fight this, yeah. which is fantastic, actually. Yeah. Um, and, of course, Sean Spicer. Oh, yeah, Sean Spicer. <laughs> uh, he's hilarious. Are you yeah. sure this isn't like a stand-up comedy routine that's I, just sort of I gone on know. a few years too long now? I don't know. So he's the, he's the head of communications for Trump, and we're pretty sure he tweeted his password twice. Tweeted his password. I don't think we need to say any more on that. And let's just hope it's his password and not the nuclear codes, because that would be very... Not only that, he had a um, he had a personal blog where he left public his information, like his address and phone number on the what you, what's called who is. Uh, wow. Hoist. 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 And that was all public. Someone screenshotted wow. it and posted it uh, in the last week. And wow. the other story about him and it's completely left my brain in the last two seconds oh that's right he, he has a uh, public payments account I can't remember what the service is right. but allows people to request him for payment but also uh, pay him for various services it's yeah. like a um, you know on, online payments basically yeah but he had his public, so people started. People found him, and um, started, uh, you know, requesting money for the last two weeks uh, for the wall, for a Muslim travel ban, and he was he had to actually go through and start declining these. I think he's since shut it down, uh, but we'll uh, have to keep an eye on that. As uh, maybe we could see if we can request some money for this podcast. Yeah, out of him. That's not a bad idea. Let's see how we've that goes. only given him good publicity today. Mm. Um, very, very quickly, he, he Trump isn't the first 
outspoken president, but no. he's the one that has had such immediate access to yeah. just mouth off at anything. He's the first out- outspoken president to have the ability to tell everyone what he thinks instantly without anyone filtering it. And that, to me, is just very dangerous. Mm. And I don't know how to solve this problem, because you can't tell Trump what to do. No. So You can't even take his phone off yeah. him, because he'll get it back. At least with someone like W... Um, or any of the previous outspoken presidents. I mean, W was the most recent mm. um, president who came out with idiotic comments. His staff could cut the video before they sent it to the news. Yeah. Um, his newsletters were edited by his people. He could, th- there was no Twitter when George W. Bush was president. Mm. Um, so he couldn't do this. I, the, the implications of, of allowing someone who is clearly a, a, a very, very dangerous in what they say mm. really scare me. It is... It's quite a scary prospect. God bless the USA. Yeah. Yeah. Well, over the last few years, wearable tech, we've seen a massive increase in it. Um, you know, for years, te- technology companies have come out with various versions of phones on a wrist or a calculator on a watch. Um, but it all really kicked off properly uh, back in 2013 when Omate announced the True Smart. That was really the one that kicked off the competition. Mm-hmm. Uh, it wasn't actually released to the public until 2014, but they first laid out their plans and said, this is what we've got um, in early to mid-2013. Um, but that really kicked it off. You know, companies like Ace Apple, Google, LG, Microsoft, even BlackBerry uh, were starting to come out with smart watches. But it was Samsung releasing the gear towards the end of 2013 that really pushed this new technology onto consumers like you and I. Mm-hmm. Since then, the other major players in the tech space have all developed their own form of smartwatch. Apple finally came to the party um, when the, in early 2015 uh, when the Apple Watch finally hit the stores. And even last year, upgraded, uh, came out with a new model, the Apple Watch 2. Interesting they didn't go with iWatch. I'm guessing someone saw ahead and probably patented that name. Or, yeah. or Well, I, I always thought iWatch sounded a bit toy-like for something that they're charging so much money for. It's the iWatch. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, you know, last year they did come out with their new version. <laughs> Excuse me. Do you want me to say that again? So yeah. Mm-hmm. Last year they did come out with their new version, which brought a whole lot of features that probably should have been there in the first version of the Apple Watch, you know, GPS tracking while you're running, Ver- various things that allowed you to use the Apple Watch without necessarily needing your phone nearby the whole time. Mm. Um, you know, they were late to the party, but still it's become a very popular product because of the Apple fan base that yeah. will go out and buy anything Apple. Yeah. Um, and it is actually quite good from what I've heard, this new version, compared to the first version. I know my brother, he held off on buying an Apple Watch, waited to find something that could do music to Bluetooth headphones, uh, GPS tracking, without actually needing to take your phone with you on a run. Yeah. Apple Watch 2 finally delivered that. So, you know, they were late but they actually delivered some features that others weren't offering. That's the Apple way, though. Yeah. First generation sucks. Second, Second generation, generation, great. And then by third and fourth, the competitors catch up. Yeah. So I'm sure we'll see Samsung and other Android providers, maybe even Bush, uh, come out with Bush a might even, Bush might already have one. I don't well, know. We know. Check the Argos catalog. Let's, let's have a look now. You can look that up while I'm going through yeah. this. Yeah. Um, but, you know, are they any good? Um, in a previous job, I used to be on call quite a bit, uh, but being part of a choir meant that I couldn't just have my phone out all the time during services to see if I was being paged because, you know, the radio station had an issue. Um, that's where, it's a situation where a smart watch really helped me. I could get the notification notifications on my watch, I could just look at my wrist and see if it was a work notification, or whether it was just someone spamming me on Facebook Messenger every few minutes. Um, I also, also used to own a Fitbit before I 
tragically and sadly lost it. Um, what? I know it it disappeared again. I, yeah, yeah. The, oh. So the first time I yeah first time I lost it in a pub while we were watching the rugby, and second time it's just sort of disappeared, and I've never been able to find it since. Oh. It'll it'll show up. One day. Hopefully. Hopefully. Anyway, that was fantastic for when I, whenever I was doing exercise, I was tracking my steps throughout the day. Um, I could track my heart rate while playing indoor netball for the work team. Um, and nowadays, companies like Fitbit have adapted their devices to allow more notifications and allow you to do more from your wrists. It used to be that it would just tell you who was calling or that you had a message. Now you can actually um, effectively do simple replies from your Fitbit. You know, it's getting closer to where all the other smartwatch developers are, uh, but their focus is still tracking your fitness, which I think is fantastic. They've still got their focus. They're not trying to be what everyone else is. Mm. Now, while these are all all great things, there are some downsides. Um, smartwatches, I've found, are still generally quite chunky. Yeah. You know, they are very big, and for someone like me, a, a big watch just does not look good on me. Um, it looks unattractive. Oh, Ed. I know. I know. Oh. <laughs> um, on top of that, a lot of them still require you to charge them every day or two, which, you know, charging your phone every day or two, that's understandable. Charging your watch, it's still... It still just doesn't feel yeah. right to have to charge your watch every day. Well, the thing that gets me with that is is often we charge things overnight, but a lot of the features of a smartwatch I want when I'm sleeping, sleep tracking, a vibration alarm, that sort of thing. Yeah. But if it's charging, I can't... I can't use you lose those. out on that track, and especially yeah. if it's charging every day. You yeah. know, if it, if it was something like, uh, you know, a fitness tracker, which generally are only every every four to five yeah. days, missing out on one night sleep tracking isn't the end of the world. Yeah, um, but it's still it could a pain. Be. Well, it, could. it won't be. It won't be. But it's still... It's okay, listener. It's, it's still a pain, <laughs> though. You know, yeah. to have to deal with it every day. Yeah. Um, you know, it also, for me personally, it got to the point where I would wake up in the morning, yeah. um, realize my watch, I, I forgot to put my watch on the night before, and think, oh, okay, all right, I'll charge it, and then I'll deal with it later. Would leave it on charge and not really come back to it. And I, you know, wouldn't wear my smartwatch for oh. days, which would then turn into weeks. Yeah. I, I haven't worn my smartwatch in a good few months now. I've See, just gone think, back to my classic watch. I think that shows just the lack of usefulness of them because a phone you will always remember to pull off the charge and take with you because you know you're going to be stuck without a lot of features if you don't have it mm. but if you can forget your smartwatch for days at a time was it worth it getting one yeah i, I think the thing with smartwatches is, is it's just another notification screen at the moment yeah. in a lot of senses i mean sure there are some that can do more than that and you know you don't need your phone with you you know if you are going out for a run it is fantastic but for a lot of it it's just okay, I don't have to pull my phone out of my pocket to see who texted me. Yeah. Which, and as I mentioned, in some cases it's fantastic, but a lot, nine times out of ten is a bit useless. Yeah. Well, I also think that they come across as quite rude. You know, if you're in a meeting or out to dinner and your watch <laughs> keeps vibrating and you keep looking at it, you know, looking at your watch is the universal sign for I'm, I'm bored. bored or I've got somewhere else to be. And if you kept doing that, especially in a professional setting, that can't be... Josh, can you stop looking at your watch right be, now? Exactly. It's, are, are you bored with this already? Uh, We're only, yeah. what, 20 minutes into this podcast? I'm, and you're I'm so sorry. But see, that, that's the example. You know, I, I, yeah. I, I feel that Josh isn't into this now. Because <laughs> yeah, he keeps, keeps looking, looking at his watch. watch. Yeah. Um, so there, is, yeah. There, are, there are annoyances like that. Yeah. Um, also, a lot of people spend money on nice, non-smart watches. Yeah. Um, well, m myself included. I've yeah. got quite a few watches, and I've spent a lot of money on them because I like... 
watches. Mm. I've got a very nice and I like watch. To vary them up. I've got a very nice watch that I was given as a graduation and birthday present many nice. years ago. And I'm still wear. I, I still wear that. I've uh, left it at home today, yeah. but I, I still wear that. But I want the, you know, I, occasionally I still want the functionality of that smartwatch. This yeah. is where um, one group has come in right. um, to try and meet that demand. It's a, a device called Kronos, and it's a little disc. It's it looks a, nice. It's, it's a very nice little device. And what you do is you just stick it onto the back of your existing watch. Sure, it makes it a little bit more chunky, but it allows you to, it gives you fitness tracking. It gives you control of the music. You can have notification alerts. You can set up different um, vibrating patterns and colours depending on who's calling or texting, which right. I think is quite cool. So, for example, if Josh calls or texts me, I could just have it so it does nothing. But if my partner calls and texts and he me, would. I would. Yeah. But if my partner calls and texts me, I would set it to red lights and to vibrate until until she stops calling me. Yeah. Because you, you don't want to miss that call. Can you attach small needles to the back or something and start stabbing you if you I really I think that's to... coming in version two. Right, yeah. Maybe. Well, of course, yeah. yeah. And as then we, when that discussed. happens, I will attach that to Josh's uh, contact card. Brilliant. Yeah, just to... Brilliant. Yeah. Um, you know, you can even tap to find your phone, which... A lot, of smart cool, watch yeah. fa- a lot of smartwatches have as a feature, especially yeah. if you're on Android. Um, but, you know, to have that on a tiny little disc um, is fantastic. It all started out as a, as a Kickstarter, actually, in the last year or so. Right. It is. It can be quite pricey, though, but cheaper than buying a smartwatch on its own. Um, yeah. You're paying for this one $99, US dollars, okay. which is pretty good. That's not good. bad. If you've already got watches, can you? Do you have to buy one for each watch, or can you change it? You can change it, so it uses oh, micro suction, so you can actually attach it to the back of your watch, take it off, change it for whichever watch you want to wear tomorrow. That's really good. So you know you're not stuck wearing that one watch. Yeah. Um, like you are if you buy a smartwatch. You know you, you're stuck with that. If you don't have that, then you've got no, no yeah. notifications on your wrist. So I think you know there are some watches that are great. There are you know Samsung has sort of led the way here, and they've done quite well. Apple a bit late to the party. Have also done very well in recent in the last year or so. Yeah. Um, where I will go to next, I I'd like to see it get a bit smaller so that you're not having yeah. a, having to wear what is effectively a massive chunk on your wrist. Yeah. Um, but I think it will take a few years. I think we will get there though. We'll we'll, we'll see where it goes. Well, I'm I, I'm still skeptical because I know a good you are classic mechanical watch. I really like, and so do so many people. But see, that's where that device like the Chronos. Yeah. Well, exactly. Can, can actually start adding that functionality. Can bridge, it, can bridge yeah. that gap. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see where it goes. You know, people will develop more stuff. We'll see more Kickstarters crop up with... Uh, as always. As always. You know. Some of them will be crap. Some, some of them, them will, will be, be absolutely terrible. Some of them will be made by Bush, I'm sure. Oh, but update. Yeah, update. Can there's, we get this? There's no Bush smartwatch. Oh. And in fact, Argos only sell actual brand smartwatches. Oh. Yeah. So even if there was a Bush smartwatch, they wouldn't sell it? Well, well, they That's would. It's just that there aren't. there's no Bush oh, and okay. there are no other uh, sort of value brand smartwatches available. At Argos, but I will inspect the rest of the market, and I will update you on Twitter in the coming days to see if I found a good cheap smartwatch because I don't think it exists. Well, to steal a phrase from a uh, TV show, on that terrible disappointment, I'm lost. But we'll continue. It's from the Grand Tour. Ah, it is. Yeah. There we go. That's a show we'll, on the internet. We'll edit this a little bit out of the podcast. <laughs> so, yeah. I'm going to leave it in. Actually, yeah, let's... It's time for the Techno <laughs> Dinosaur. Yes, it's that time of the week when we ask our good friend Michelle, who's a bit of a techno dinosaur, which technology issue has been bugging her this week? Now, last week we gave her part two of the overview of the cloud, and I'm pretty sure she's still very confused about the cloud. But it appears we've left her with a few more questions about technology in general. Shall we, sh- yeah. shall we hear what she has to say this week? I think we should. Um, it's hardware-based, which is nice. 
None of this esoteric stuff. None of this looking up at the cloud. This does that doesn't make good radio. Here's a question. I have an old laptop which is really quite slow. Is there anything I can do to speed it up? Yeah, buy a new one. Yeah, that's sort of the the easiest solution. Uh, okay, yes, it is the easiest solution. But there are ways if you've got um, a slow laptop, there are ways to actually speed it up. Yeah. Well, and and it, but it depends on which laptop you have. Yeah. Now, if you've got uh, quite a chunky machine... Like this one I've got here, the HP Pavilion. Yeah, um, and it's got a fan and moving parts. Chances are it's upgradable, Yeah, which is always nice. You can do simple things like upgrade the... I know this sounds complex for... You can pay people to do this. You can pay so people to don't upgrade forget, You don't RAM. have to do this. And in fact, if you don't know what you're doing, I'd recommend you pay people to do yeah. this because you can really ruin things. As we talked about in the past, we, you can upgrade the RAM, so the random access memory. That's like your short-term memory yeah. uh, for your computer. And the that, size of the brain, yeah. I would say, yeah. And that actually makes it a little bit faster. I upgraded the RAM in this a couple of months ago, and it made right. a massive difference. Yeah. However, technology changes so fast that yep. it's now started to slow down again as programs require more and more resources. <sighs> um, there are yeah. other simple things that you can do. Um, uninstall programs you don't use or don't yep. need. Uh, it pays to do that every few months. I've got a lot of stuff on here that I probably need to clear out. Yeah, if you've got a, a an old-fashioned hard drive, and you'll know if you have one of these by the very, very faint clicking noise uh, when the computer's thinking, mm. uh, then defrag. Yeah. Uh, and basically what defrag means is as you save files onto the hard disk, um, it just it doesn't always put them in order. Because as you delete files, spaces open up in the hard disk, if you imagine it physically as spaces on a hard disk. Mm. And so then when you save a file into those spaces that have opened up, it fills it in in different parts. So say one file could be in three, five, a hundred different parts of the hard disk. And defragging brings that all together. Yeah, brings the files together so it takes less time to find um, a file. Even better than that, take out the old hard disk and put in a solid state drive. Mm. Uh, which Again, is, if you don't know how to do that, pay someone, pay someone to do it. Yeah. It'll save you a lot of time. Yeah. Um, if you, uh, Assuming you've got a Windows laptop, uh, there are tools you can use like error checking on your hard drive yeah. and as as Josh mentioned, defragging your hard drive. Yep. To, to get to that stage, all you have to do is right-click on your hard drive, uh, go Properties. It's often C. Yep, it's often called C Local Disk. Uh, and then you go Properties, and then click the Tools tab, and there's a few little uh, things there that will help you out. Yep. Um, there's also a few disk cleaning up tools as well. If you search your Start menu, uh, yep. so go Start, then type in uh, Disk, D-I-S-K, and you'll come up with disk cleanup and disk management as well. Which, which are both should. great. Do not download any disk cleaning tools. No, uh, no you don't need to. They're, they're often all there spyware. Uh, they will spy on you. The other problem you may run into, though, is that a lot of modern laptops have what's called system-on-chip, which means all of the parts of the computer are on a single chip and you can't upgrade mm. any of it. If that's the case, get a new laptop. Yeah, and to be honest, you can, as we talked about last week with Cheap Tech, you can actually get laptops for a decent price these days. You don't have to spend hundreds and hundreds of pounds to get something decent you know how, how much did you you've got an acer yeah. chromebook this is an acer chromebook 14 uh it's all metal just like the macbook so it's really solid and it was 169 pounds that's not bad and that's what i'm producing the podcast on mm. so, so you know yeah, cheap tech possible. in this case it it's not that bad yeah yeah Well, as we mentioned at the beginning of the program, we may have some bad news for Android users as we get closer to Valentine's Day. Which, and th they make up 90% of smartphone users, yep. so that's a lot of people. Including uh, you and I, Josh. Yeah. So, luckily... I, I'm a Bush user. Luckily, we're... Well, it's an Android It phone. is an Android. Yeah. Luckily, you and I have partners, so we're... Um, I think we're safe here. For now. I think. Um, 
basically a, a survey uh, has been done. It's conducted by Match.com, and it's shown that iPhone users get this are 21 times more likely to judge someone negatively for having an Android phone. So, say you're going out on that first date, you've got your phone on the table, which is a little bit rude. Let's be honest, don't do that. Come on, phones in the bag or the pocket. Yeah, don't, and don't check your phone or your smartphone watch. Don't don't check yeah. your smartwatch. <laughs> um, so yeah, they'll judge you if they see you've got an Android phone. Ooh. Ooh. Even if that Android phone, I, I mean, I even if it's a Samsung Galaxy S7 with all the latest this whiz is, This is uh, 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 see in my mind, I'm just sort of thinking that these Apple fans are seeing an Android phone and thinking, oh, he's a bit cheap. But some Android phones cost more than the iPhone. Yep. I know. It's elitist. I know. It's a little bit... What's worse, though, if you're using an old Android phone like Donald Trump's Samsung Galaxy S3, uh, they're saying you might as well adopt... uh, Just adopt a few cats now. Um, So the survey... I I, I can understand that. Yeah, well, I mean, look at Donald Trump. Um, They conducted the survey. Five uh, five and a half thousand Americans... um, Yeah, Android users are 15 times more likely to judge you negatively for being an iPhone owner as well. So it goes both ways. It goes both ways, but it's more—it's more likely to, you're more likely to be judged if if you're an iPhone. Uh, sorry, you're more likely to judge if you're an iPhone user judging someone on Android. Oh wow! See, I'm just clutching at straws here, but as I said, I can I can see iPhone users thinking an Android user is cheap, and I can see Android users thinking an iPhone user is simple. So why can't we all just get along? You know, have your phone, enjoy it. Yeah. Um, and going back to that bit about if you've got an old phone, um. Having an old model makes you 56% less likely to get a date, according to the survey as well. Why? Because you can't load Tinder. <laughs> probably. <laughs> they probably look at the phone and think, oh, he's got a cheap phone. He's going to take me to McDonald's for a date. Maybe. Maybe. Oh, I'll tell you what, I could go a quarter pounder right oh, now, though, yeah. if I'm honest. Well, there you go. Some Valentine's advice. Get a new phone and find someone of your own breed. Is that what we're... I think so, That's yeah. our official iPhone Valentine's users today, iPhone users, and you're more likely to be successful this Valentine's Day. Yeah. That's all the time we have for today's episode. So thank you, as always, for joining us. We, we love having you here. It's been uh, fantastic. Yeah. Uh, don't forget you can catch us on the live stream every Thursday yeah. afternoon at, let's just say, approximately 2.30 GMT. It depends on whether the uh, plugs are working and, and the, all of the sound gear we've spread around us is working. And uh, how, how much we've written about yeah. uh, our notes. Yeah. Uh, but do join us there. And don't forget to leave us your feedback, comments, yes, and please. questions. We will uh, Rate the podcast, as always. Yep, give us a rating. Very a quick question we just had in from Emily. She says, what does defragging mean? My best advice is to download the podcast tonight, rewind. We explained it earlier. You may have missed it. So, um, uh, as always, the audio podcast goes out on Thursday night for you to listen back to any time during the week. Do join us next week uh, as we do this all again for Intech Today. I'm Ed Swift. I'm Josh White, and this has been Episode 4. Technology questions? Comments? You can contact the show on Facebook, In Tech Today Podcast, on Twitter, In Tech Today Pod, or at the website, intech.today.